Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Alora and Kitty. And in this enchanting episode, we're talking all about our magical ancestors. Who are they, how to find them, and how to work with them in your practice. So grab your cuppa and settle in. All right, Kitty. So this is your episode, girl, because you <laughs> are the expert on magical ancestors. I don't know that I would say expert. Well, I would because you. I am the have student. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I am an eternal student. So first, I want to ask, who are magical ancestors? Tell tell our listeners who they are. So first of all, all ancestors are magical, you know, just put that out there. However, when we're talking specifically, when we say on Otherworldly Oracle, magical ancestors, we're talking about people in your bloodline who have led purposefully magical lives. So this means ancestors who were witches, and if they were accused, it still counts, but we're going to get more into that later. Midwives, healers of all kinds, herbalists, wizards, occultists, alchemists, medicine men, cunning folk. I could go on and on and on with all the labels, but I think you get the, the picture. They can also be magical individuals who aren't in your bloodline, who have taken a liking to you and of whom you work with in your practice. See, my answer was so not that. <laughs> really? Well, no, it was, but it was so much shorter because you are the expert and I am not. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm already going off on tangents here, people. It's, it's going to happen. Oh, no. No, we're, <laughs> we're in sync uh, as far as ancestors who have practiced ma uh, magic or a metaphysical discipline um, or being from confirmed pagan cultures such as Druids, Vikings, etc. Oh, true. Um, I forgot those. Yes, those are important. We're going right. to get into all this though. Right. right. So, so how do you start looking for your own magical ancestors? A lot of people ask this question and I just want to put it out there that you can go as deep into this as you want or as superficial as you want. But I will tell you the deeper you look at your own ancestry, the more magical ancestors and helpful information you'll find. Usually this research takes years to build, but sometimes you'll get lucky and find some information right away. So it's taken me 10 plus years to build my family tree. And this is how I've been able to really find a lot of information on my magical ancestors and the magic that runs through my bloodlines. But, you know, it, it's, there's no one easy way to find all of the magic in your bloodline. I guess that's my point. That's why I'm saying the deeper you go, the more you're going to find, right? The more effort you put into it. For sure. So the first step is obviously, like I said, you're going to start building a family tree. There's a lot of ways to do this online. I use Ancestry. Do you use Ancestry, Laura, or what do you use? Yes, girl. Okay. I use Ancestry. Um, there are also other databases as well. I know some of the information and documents that I have gotten on my own family have come from basically the Mormons or the Mormon church has their own ancestry site. Um, and that goes back to the fact that, uh, I, one of my grandparents converted to Mormonism and she had to trace her family tree back to the 12 tribes of Israel or something like that. So I think that's why they have their own database. I thought that they owned Ancestry. Oh, I see, I don't know about that, but they have a separate database that's mm -hmm. specifically from the Mormon church. Yes, I'm definitely aware of that because I have a family member that told me all about 
the Mormons owning all of the records. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Ancestry is a good one. There, another one that's pretty good is, I don't know if it's Geni or Je Je Jenny, I don't know, geni.com. That's a pretty good one to use as well. So really all you need to get started in Ancestry is typically your name, your date of birth, as well as your parents' names and their dates of birth. And then if, if they've passed their dates of death as well. But if you have your grandparents' names and their dates, that's even more helpful. Basically the websites are gonna take you from there. At least you're gonna find information at least on one person, you know, like usually. I've, I've never seen anyone that hasn't been able to find some kind of information. Right. And I think, so there's also, you can also hire like genealogists yes. to help you if you're not tech savvy or, um, the other thing is, or the, the problem that I ran into, uh, doing my own ancestry is once you go back so far, you know, you don't know who these people were, right? Because right. they passed before you were born. And so when you get into looking at like census records and things like that, and there's multiple, you know, Mary Smiths or whatever, mm -hmm. trying to figure out the correct one is sometimes a challenge for sure. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the English names particularly are used over and over and over again. You're like, yeah, it, it can get, it can get to be a lot, but you got to start somewhere. So. Right. And I think, well, and I think it's, well, I was just going to say, and I think a trick to that is if you have someone in your family tree that, you know, has a weird name, mm -hmm. you, you might get more out of that particular person than you would the ordinary Mary yes. Smith, for example. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another problem with that, with the names too, is you'll find that over the centuries, the last names have changed. The spelling is sometimes oh, completely yes, different. <laughs> so yeah, but that's another, we could go down that rabbit hole too for a while. So talking about names, the next thing I recommend once you've started your family tree, or even if you don't, you can do this without starting a family tree, but my recommendation is to make a list of your surnames or the last names in your family that you know of, right? So it could even just be your maiden name and your mom's maiden name, right? And uh, any original allocations of your family that, that you know of. So let's say your last name is Smith and your grandmother told you that they were from England, you would start there. And what you're going to do is you're going to start searching Google for the meanings of those last names. And I know you've done this, Alora. Oh, yes. Because my maiden name is one of a kind. Yes, it is. It and really you, isn't, but, you know, it's, it's unique for sure. Yeah. And so really just all you have to do is type into Google last name origins or last name your last name and the meaning, excuse me. So you would put, yeah, last name origins, your last name origins or last name meaning. Did I explain that okay? I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. So it would be Smith, last name origins or Smith name meaning, something to that effect. And you can play with it a little bit, but usually things will, will pop right up that you can start reading. Make sure you read everything that pops up in the first page of the results take notes on everything. Sometimes you'll find a clue that you can research further that will then also pop up with some information you might not have found otherwise. So essentially don't leave any stone unturned when you're looking at your family names. Do you know what I'm saying when I, when I say don't leave any stone unturned when you're doing yes. this kind of research? Yes, I know what you mean. Because, I'm sure yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I was just going to say, and I'm sure everybody does as well, because I mean, like you said, names get changed over time. So mm -hmm. if you don't read everything, you might miss something that applies to you simply because it's not spelled the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And take, it's so much work to do all this, but you're going to take notes on the variations of your name as well, because that can come in handy later too. 
Yes. And for me, my last name, my maiden name is spelled 8 million different ways because so my sur- my maiden surname is Irish. And so it was changed like 50 times um, by different immigrants who came to the United States to Americanize it more. So yeah, yeah tracing individual lines is kind of tricky. Uh, but But that all goes back to why you should read everything, why you should take notes on everything. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I have a, a few Irish ancestral lines that the names, well, one of them has not changed barely at all, unless, you know, you're going back to the Gaelic original name, but the other one has changed like three, four, five times. My grandmother kept saying it was, no, it's this name. And I eventually found out that they had changed it once they got once they got to America from Ireland, like, I don't know, three times probably. <laughs> and she was telling me that the newest name, which wasn't coming up in any of the, the records, right? Right. So, yeah. So, yes, you're going to have a lot of research to do. I think that's the whole point to this. But so another thing I think that people forget when we're talking about researching your last, your last name, Uh, the last names in your family, the power behind a name is really significant. Names are powerful. That's why, like, I I think about the fairy tale Rumpelstiltskin. I know this is a really random example, but if anyone knew his name, they had power over him, right? Right. So that's an example as to the power behind a name. So if you're even, even your first name, if you've never researched what your first name means, you should, because there's meaning behind every name. So where am I going with this? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, So, okay. This is where I'm going. We're going to go back to the last name Smith. Okay. It's a very common name, but it's a good name. And some people will think, you know, oh, that's a very mundane or a commonplace name. But if you do your research, you'd find that it originally meant your ancestors somewhere down the line were blacksmiths. Again, seemingly mundane, but this was once a job that was held in high regard. Blacksmiths were even thought of as type of shaman of sorts because they worked with fire and metal and they crafted weapons that defended their people. It was a very important job. So that's just one example of how a name can really speak volumes about your, your magical ancestors in the past. Do you have any examples of this on your side? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. So I'm just going to come out with it. My maiden name uh, <laughs> was Malarkey. <laughs> so I don't think it's that funny. I mean, I, I know why you laugh about it, but. So my whole life, uh, I have been laughed at whenever I have said, uh, my maiden name is this, Aww. or, even, or even in school when I would say my name is, uh, malarkey and, <laughs> um, because malarkey became, and I mean, it, it still is now. Right. So if you say something is a bunch of malarkey, it's bullshit. Well, there's a reason for that. The, the why it became that. Uh, essentially, long story short, uh, my ancestors were conmen in Ireland. And so during the, they came over during the potato famine. And the way that they were able to come over to the United States was they made people believe that their land was fertile and it was worth a lot of money. And so people bought it. And then oh. my family escaped. Ireland and went to America. Wow. Nice. <laughs> so that is where that comes from for everyone who has ever heard the word malarkey. <laughs> wow. But there's a deeper meaning to that name though. I mean, that goes beyond, you know, what the, the slang term is, right? Oh that yeah. No, this is, name. no, this is mod. This is modern slang, modern. Right. Yeah. So but the name comes from an old Gaelic name that I can't even pronounce. Right. It 
uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try because it has an O in front of it and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One that's similar, kind of similar, and I'll just tell you because it's not, it's fine. I, I don't, I'm not worried about it. Uh, the last name McNally is in my Irish line. And for years, every time I would research it, all I ever found was that it meant poor man. And just recently, I started to try to dig a little bit deeper into that line. And I found that it originally meant the Gaelic version of this name originally meant the son of the Hound of Ulster. And I'm like, I know I've heard that term before. I looked up Hound of Ulster and I never know how to pronounce his name, but it's Cuculain or Cuculain. How do you say it? The legendary Irish hero. If you've read any of your Irish mythology, you'll know who I'm talking about. And I'm sorry if I butchered the name. But anyway, so I guess my ancestors claim descent from this legendary hero, which is pretty awesome. It's a lot better than saying the McNallys were poor men, I guess. <laughs> yes, much better. So. What's but next? even, but interestingly enough, actually, the... So my Irish line traces mm -hmm. back to Neal of the Nine Thieves. Yep. Right? Which is interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, it evolved into, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting how it, it can be traced back to Neal of the Nine Thieves and then my ancestors conned people out of money <laughs> to get to that, the oh, United true. States. Oh, Oh, yeah, so, look at that connection. Interesting. I promise everyone I'm not a thief. <laughs> this is just the history no, of no, my no, no. name. <laughs> you know, you got to do what you got to do. No, I'm just kidding. No, that is an interesting. No. <laughs> Good it's Lord. an interesting. It's an interesting link. No, I think that's. But this is why why we say you have to research everything, and you'll just see that the more you research, the more you're going to find out about your family and how some things tie together. And, and, but you'll also see how that you could be very different from your ancestors as well. Oh yes. Very, very, very. <laughs> so in addition to your surnames being of like an occupational value, like we said before, the Smiths, they can also, the meaning can also be a flower or an animal or a tree or even a place like a field, hill, mountain. All of these meanings are magical and link you to that thing or place through your ancestors. So even if your, you know, your last name means a flower, then you could think about how can you incorporate that flower into your practice? Something as simple as that. Very cool. So what about finding out if you have history to actual which trials, which um, oppression, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, got you. So same thing. You have a list of your surnames and the last known locations of your ancestors, and you can start researching online again for basically your witch ancestors. So if you, if your last name is Taylor and your ancestors originate in England, you're literally going to type into Google Taylor witch trials, England, or any variation mm -hmm. of that. Gotcha. It's also simple, but it, it can sometimes will turn up a lot of information. You're like, Whoa, seriously, it's pretty awesome. So I recommend doing this for any and all the surnames that you have. And you're, you might find a potential, either accused or which ancestor. So at this point though, I want to clear something up because I've had a lot of people online comment on this subject and they get very angry with me and they say that most accused witches weren't actually witches. I say that we don't truly know who was or wasn't a witch back then. So ultimately it's up to you to decide whether your ancestor was practicing magic or not. And, you know, it, it's my belief that many people did practice the old ways or were rebellious in some other way, which made them an easy target in a lot of cases. Well, and also you have to remember anytime we're talking about history, especially, 
you know, ancient history or um, the definition of mm-hmm. witchcraft has evolved immensely yes. over time, right? And so uh-huh. back then, for example, midwives were automatically yeah. witches because they were responsible essentially for life and death, right? Oh, and yeah. so and so when a baby was born, if the mother passed away in childbirth, that responsibility fell on the midwife, unfortunately. Yep. Um, And so then she was accused of being, you know, a witch and practicing magic and killing the mother, et cetera. So you have to remember, like, even though we don't know for sure which of these people were, you know, witches by our standards, by the standards of history, they may very well have been witches. And I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't think it's fair to say um, they thought she was this, so she wasn't really a witch. Well, yeah, I get you. That's not what we consider witches to be. Right. But but back then, it probably was. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Explain that very well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Tell me some other ways you can use your ancestral names to research magical history in your family. Okay. Um, if, or, I guess I'm going to talk about magical terminology. Is that where I'm going with this? <laughs> yes. Okay. Magical terminology. All right. So in addition to looking for your surnames, plus witch trials or, you know, witch or accused witch or what have you, you can also think about all of the other terminology used, which is what Laura was just talking to with the midwife conversation. So you want to type in your surnames plus maybe midwives or midwife, cunning man, cunning woman, healer, seer, vulva, fortune teller, pagan king or queen, alchemist. There's so many labels terminology that you could be using and you'll miss potential magical ancestors if all you search for is the word witch behind the last name right because in my case it was druid and alchemist (laughs) yes exactly and you wouldn't i mean maybe you would have found it otherwise if you read through everything but unless you typed into google last name plus alchemist you might not find this particular ancestor and it Honestly, it seems like a needle in a haystack sometimes, but again, the more time you put into the research, the more you're going to find. And I'm going to keep saying that. (laughs) (laughs) So have you found any potential like accused witch ancestors or was it, you're mainly just the Druid and the alchemist in your line? So I, I don't know um, because I have more than, so those two uh, individuals, the alchemist and the druid come from my Irish and English heritage. Which are both, it's completely awesome that you have that in your bloodline, but go ahead. But (laughs) But I also have Spanish, Scottish, and German heritage Mm -hmm. as well. Um, So I haven't researched fully enough to delve into that really. I have a suspicion, um, about my Spanish ancestors, um, particularly because one of my great, great, great grandmothers came from a part of Spain, came from Seville or Sevilla or however you want to say it, Spain. Um, and that was actually one of the hotbeds of the inquisition. Yeah. So I don't know on which side of that our family landed. Um, and because I have contacted Spain before, um, actually to get records. And unfortunately, because of the inquisition, a lot of, um, churches lost all their records because back then records were handwritten by priests and whatever, or whoever. And so, um, there's not a whole lot to pull from 
at that point in time. Right. Cause it's so old. So I'm not sure about that. And then my Scottish heritage, I am pretty sure there's something happening in there. Um, just because all of the women in my family seem to all of my maternal line, I will say, uh, seem to have gifts. Yeah. I will just say that. So, and, and they all come from a particular Scottish line, but it also could be the German. So I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I haven't researched it enough to know. Well, now you know how <laughs> you didn't. So I want to go back just real quick. It, I said to search for the, the witch trials, but also a, a quick tip is to favorite or bookmark some of the witch trial names databases online that, so that you can refer back to them at a later time. Right. And also the Salem witch trials are not the only witch trials that ever happened in the world. So you had no. Spanish Inquisition, you had the Bell, is it the Bell witch trials um, in England? Pen, the Pendle, yeah. Pendle witch, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't oh, um, One of the biggest, if you have German ancestors, one of the biggest witch trials in history occurred in Wurzburg, Germany. Mm-hmm. And there are hundreds of names that you can find on that online. Oh, ooh girl, I'm going to need you to send me that yeah. German name mm-hmm. so I can spell it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, Scottish and Irish surnames and clan research. Which we kind of started to touch on this a bit. Yeah. So let's go deeper. Okay. (laughs) So I I say maybe one of the easiest surnames to research online are Scottish and Irish. Mm. If you have Scottish or Irish blood, you can Google those surnames meanings. And often a ton of information will come up. For example, I think I talked about this earlier, actually. Uh, One of my ancestral names is McNally. So if I type in McNally clan, then I get the story of my ancestors' clan's origins. And if you don't get anything from the anglicized, meaning English version type Irish name, you will take the Gaelic version of that name and Google on that plus the word clan. And usually, usually you'll get a lot more of the history, like the ancient to medieval history on that. You might also find that your Irish or Scottish ancestors once lived in a castle or, you know, that there's a lot of other ancient stories or myths that, that go along with them that, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Because um, actually one of my ancestral names is Craig, which actually means of the crag, uh, which literally means, uh, cave dweller or lowlander. Oh, um, interesting. so yeah, so I found all of that out and then I, they owned castles and, um, still, well, they don't own, they don't own them anymore. Um, but they're, there's like 13 of them in Scotland. Wow. Um, and to your castle (laughs) (laughs) someday, someday. Um, but it was really interesting. And I found all of that just by researching Craig clan. Right. And, and interestingly, I was able to trace it all the way back to the picks. Yes. Yeah. I think we have, for our audience, we, Laura and I have compared much of our ancestral <laughs> notes and there's a lot of links there that we can't quite find the actual what individual is it, like solid link, but I, we feel like our ancestors either were the same or knew each other. <laughs> they, hu- they hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. We related. Don't worry. I mean, we have the pics and some of the Irish druidry kind of lines mesh up together anyway. Right. And we also have like the Norse links as well, because both of our Scottish ancestors came from a portion of Scotland where the Norse landed. So Mm -hmm. yes, the Vikings. Okay. Surprise. We're related. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So another way to do this 
in addition to doing family tree research or on the side of, you could even forego family tree research completely, but you would have to do a DNA kit. And I know a lot of people are like, and eh, we don't want to do this. Well, you don't have to. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just giving you another option. <laughs> if you do your DNA, you're going to do it through a company like Ancestry or 23andMe. Once you have your DNA results, because remember, when you get your DNA results, they're comparing your DNA now to people's DNA who live now. Does that make sense? So modern people, they're comparing your DNA to modern people. So you may share DNA, you know, with most of the modern people in England, but that doesn't necessarily give you where your ancient ancestors came from. So in order to find this out, you're gonna upload your DNA results into a site called My True Ancestry. I really like this site for a lot of reasons. It's kind of clunky to use, I'll be honest. The user experience isn't the best, but hang in there because it's fully private and they compare your DNA to archeological evidence that's in their bank. It's called archeogenetics. So this is how you're gonna be able to find your medieval ancestors and then back further to ancient. Now it's not fail proof, obviously, but they have like 150 to 200 some samples, right? That they're taking worldwide, that they're taking your DNA and running it through their system and comparing to either mummies or, you know, blood on a knife that they found in England. There's Cheddar Man, there's all kinds of uh, the Burka Shield Maiden, Vikings, um, just all this kind of awesome. It, it, I really like nerd out on this stuff and I'm sure you do too, Alora. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. I actually, when I took, um, ancient cultures in anthropology, I asked my professor at the time, which of the DNA companies was the best to go with. And he said, by far, as far as the science goes, 23andMe yeah. is the, the furthest advanced, yeah. but there's also one that is run by National Geographic. And I think it's called the Genome Project. I can't oh, remember. Okay. Um, but he said that one is also really good, but it, it just didn't have the database that 23andMe had. So it yeah. may have changed in the last couple of years. So if you're into this stuff, definitely compare and contrast companies. Yeah. But the last thing that I knew, 23andMe, was the most scientifically advanced. So, But you're not going to get your ancient comparisons no, 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 through there. No. That, that, that's why I'm like, I pushed the MyTree ancestry thing, because you can bypass all of the research. If you just want to know, you know, who were your ancient pagan ancestors? Yeah. And as far as I knew, I'm mostly English, and I'm sorry if you can hear something in the background, you guys. As far as I knew, I was mostly English and I mean, some other things, Irish, blah, blah, blah. But com when I put my DNA into my true ancestry, then it came back. Oh, wait a second. You're Celt, Saxon and Danish Viking, you know, ancestors in the medieval times, which I would have had no idea at all. You know, I knew that there was probably some mixing there because of what history tells us, but it's just pretty cool to see that. And you can, you can run with that pretty far, right? Right. I've actually asked for one of these kits for my birthday uh, this year because I really want to know, but my brother actually got his done a year or so ago and we, which I have not uploaded it to my true ancestry, but I have a copy of it. So I think I'm going to do it just because I'm curious because we found out when he got his ancestry done that somehow we are actually like 3% Ashkenazi Jew, which I was like, what? Like, wow. yeah. <laughs> we had no idea. So it would be super interesting to find out how that traces back to ancient or medieval ancestors. Right. Yeah. That would be cool. You need to let me know. All right. So how do you find, so you're researching all of these things, right? And you get back to a certain point. But how do you find your potential pagan tribes that your family has originated from? So in addition to looking for 
single magical ancestors, like we've been saying, you want to look at them as a whole, like what we're, what we've been talking about as well. But what I mean is this, everyone's ancestors were once pagan, everyone's literally. So you can search for your ancient pagan tribes by researching your ancestors first known Nern location. <laughs> known location and then comparing where that is on a map to ancient maps. So for instance, again, I'm just gonna go with the Irish thing. If you know that your, the McNally clan was based out of County Limerick in a certain area, then you can look where County Limerick is on a map of Ireland. And then you're also going to Google the Celtic tribal map of Ireland and compare it. And, you know, while there's a lot of give and take here and things could have changed over the years, you can, you can kind of run with that too. You know, you can research that specific tribe and if they had any specific gods or goddesses or traditions that you can also incorporate into your practice. Get ready, y'all. You about to be cartographers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Okay. I don't know where so, I came up with the idea for that. I really, I think, I don't know. I was just like one day I'm like, let's see where these Celtic tribes, like what, if they were broken down onto a map and they were, and I just ran with it. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because <clears throat> over time land changes, right. it's not called the same areas. It's not referred to as the same places. So you might find something that says your ancestor was from I don't know. Some your ancestor was from some place, <laughs> and you go look up some place, and some place doesn't exist. But then, if you look right. up an ancient map, you'll find oh wait, some place was actually called this. Yes. So exactly. That sounds like yeah. a nice place. Some place. Some place. <laughs> Okay. So what about if you can't build a family tree or you're adopted? So DNA is one way of connecting. If you don't want to do your DNA, remember your namesake is spiritual, as we've said before, and sacred, no matter if it's adopted, an adopted name or not. Or you can build a family tree based on your adopted parents and their ancestors. We believe once your parents claimed you as their own, their ancestors also claim you as their own. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say for sure. Oh, perfecto. <laughs> well, I mean, these people, whoever your family are, yes, poured yeah. their time, effort, money, and love into raising you. So you're actually kind of lucky in that you have two lines of genealogy for your ancestry. So if mm -hmm. you do your DNA test and go that route, and then you also include your adopted family or this also goes for blended families too, right? Yeah. So my stepdad is obviously not my blood, but we are thick as thieves. So <laughs> there's the, I love that term or that phrase, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're, we're really close. And so, yeah, I, I don't see myself as separate from his, him or his family. So, yeah. um, definitely I include them too. Love it. All right. So you're going to have to school me in this one because you're like the pro at this. And I have not the first clue how to do this because you have found gods and goddesses in your family tree, your bloodline. So how in the hell did you do that? Okay. I think it was a fluke. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> well, you, you know how to do it as far as the Irish and Scottish sides, which we've kind of touched on that. If you are looking up just the meaning to your last name, you might sometimes find, like I said before, that your Irish or Scottish clan claimed descent from a specific hero or a saint or something of that nature. And then if you dig a little bit further into that saint or hero, you might find that that saint was once a druid or that hero claimed descent from a god, something to that nature, right? So that's one of the, if you... If you find that you're, you're lucky, right? <laughs> right. But I, I also recently found, and the, my goddess that I'm working with right now is through another Irish family line. 
and I found, I just looked up the meaning to the name again, and I found that they were a part of a group of people in Ireland who called themselves the Gens, which G-E-N-S, of the calf goddess. And I was like, wait, what? The who? Huh. <laughs> so I, like, I'm Googling, and I'm trying to figure out who is the calf goddess, because this wasn't an easy thing to find either. But eventually I found that she was the patron goddess of Cork, Ireland, and her name is Cleana. And hmm. so I've been working with her. So that's kind of cool. But so going to Odin, <laughs> there is a line on my dad's side that I, it took me years to do this, but I, after, I want to say the seventh year of research, I was able to trace one of his lines back to the third century BC to a man named King Scald or Scald. I don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> and what I did then is it, it kind of stopped at him. So I just, again, I Googled his name and I found resources showing the, the Royal lineage to this guy. Right. And it said right on there that he claimed Odin was his father. And I was like, what? Now I can put that in my family tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool but i think overall what you're saying is so once you find like a magical ancestor yes don't stop there research them yeah because you're likely to find who they worshipped or you know more information about their and a lot of them claim descent from from deities when you go right. back far enough so I had some lady like get all uppity with me about that. You are not Odin's granddaughter. You can't be uh, the daughter of a God. And it's, it, I, I'm not saying that I'm like a divine, you know, like <laughs> incarnation. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that a lot of us, if you find a pagan king or queen in your line somewhere, you can a lot of times trace it back to where they claim descent from a God or a goddess. It's kind of like how the Egyptians the pharaohs claimed to be the sons of gods or, you know, they, they went a little bit further with it, but you get the point. Yeah. But also you have to keep in mind too, or I think everybody has to keep in mind that it is no different to have a family, have a patron or matron God or goddess. So it's like in modern times, right? Your family might have, well, I'm speaking from like a Catholic perspective, I guess, but a particular saint that is used in the household a lot. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, right. Yeah. So, so it just might, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're directly descended from that deity, but it, it does mean that your family focused on that particular deity in their religious practices. Absolutely. Or, or spiritual practices. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, I am. I am Odin's granddaughter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you claim it, girl. <laughs> just kidding. But I really feel like a lot of people will find something similar to this if you do. If you do enough research, if you take your time, you know. Right. I'm going to say and that. Remember, do your research. <laughs> it, took, it took you seven years. So this is yeah. not a quick process, people. <laughs> and by the way, I got mad at one point and thought that the link to Odin was wrong. And I deleted that entire branch. So now I'm working on that again, building it back. <laughs> <laughs> a little so, impulsive, I think, when I'm angry. <laughs> just a little. Yeah. It might be the Sagittarius, but. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So aside from magical people, gods and goddesses, you can also find ancestral animals and plant guardians in your family tree. So how do you do that? Well, we've, we've said it before, but if you, you're going to look up the meaning to your surnames and basically if you're named after a tree or an animal, this is sort of a given that it's your ancestral animal or tree guardian. There's a reason your ancestors chose that name or were given that name. And so I believe that this energy is passed down through the line to you. But how about you? Do you, I feel like you knew a way to find this too. 
Oh, uh, yeah, because a lot of times you can find ancestral plants and animals on things like your family's coat of arms or family crest. Yep. So there's actually a stag on my ancestral coat of arms from Ireland. That's awesome. Uh, the ancestral plant and animal guardians are the plants and animals that have been chosen to represent your family somewhere down the track right? and have been part of the building of your family for centuries. Mm -hmm. So, um, which is funny because I've always loved deer and I've always lived, well, not now, but (laughs) when I was in the U S I've always kind of lived where they were populated. Um, you have deer there. They're just called kangaroos. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two-legged deer. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're four-legged, but they, they stand on two quite a bit. They're big rats with pockets. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't say that. You know how I feel about mice. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Now I'm going to look at them way different and be like, Oh, crud. My bad. <laughs> I don't mean to mess you up on that. Okay. So once you've found your magical ancestors, how do you start working with them in your practice? Well, what would you say? Because I feel like it, this, my, this is my same answer to, to working with any spirit <laughs> or deity or, you know. So you begin by researching their lives uh, and you can print photos of them to keep on an ancestor altar. If you'd like to create one, you can also seek out any magical traditions that they may have had and diving into those. So like I said earlier, one side of my family, my English side has an alchemist in it and it kind of explains my fascination with magical alchemy, right? So I'm one of these people that I can't really, I can't really stick to one particular way of doing things. Like I have to amalgamate it somehow with something else and switch it up and make it into something new. So I find that partaking in traditions of my ancestors, whatever they are. So if you find out that your ancestor made quilts or your ancestor was a midwife or your ancestor was an herbalist, uh, partaking in those traditions is probably one of the best ways you can honor them, at least from my standpoint. I don't do a whole lot of altar work with my ancestors, but I do a lot of active work. Yeah, I like that. Are you the same? I think I do altar work as well, but I haven't been doing so much with my ancestors lately because my focus has been more on deity, but yeah, I mean, you're just, you're establishing that connection through whatever way you feel works for you really if you, if you want to come to an altar and light candles and speak to them or or do some of that plus what Laura is saying with actually practicing things that they might have practiced or done or one or the other whatever you know it's it's a unique it's going to be unique to you the individual and you might do things completely different than what we're even saying it's it's just going to take experimentation and just practicing really. Right. And I, as well, well, and I feel like saying that you've been focusing more on deity and not on ancestors is kind of incorrect because since you found this goddess through your family lineage, I think you're doing both at the same time. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) And well, when I think about it too, because the, the two main deities I'm working with right now are both, you know, ancestral. The, the Odin comes from my dad's side. I'm sure there's some mixing in my mom's side somewhere, but, you know, that link is through him. And then the link to Kleena is through my mom. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. So what about if you can't find any magical ancestors in your family tree? Does that mean that you're any less magical than the next person? No, I don't think that that means you're any less magical. There's magical ancestors in everyone's lineage somewhere down the line. You might not be able to find them 
by these traditional methods, maybe just by asking them to come to you in a dream or through meditation would help. Or it might be too that you are breaking the mold here and you might be the first extremely magical unicorn in your family line, you know, which is (laughs) great too. Yeah. I think not being able to find any magical ancestors could just mean that you haven't gone far enough or that the records are lost or destroyed. Like I Mm -hmm. said, I have inklings on two different lines of my family, but you know, on one particular line, I don't know that I can ever find anything because the records have all been burned. So who knows? But also like, like Kitty said, there is definitely nothing wrong with being a first generation practitioner. I mean, think about it. You're starting a tradition that your descendants will trace back to you. And I think that's pretty cool too. That is cool. Yeah, man, this is a lot. Huh? (laughs) I said you would be like the elder, right? Right. Like you're the one that has started it all. Very cool. <laughs> well, we've covered a lot. We, did, we have. And hopefully it was useful to the listeners and not just Kitty rambling about her ancestral <laughs> addiction. <laughs> no, I think it's definitely useful. And I think... If anyone is going to take on the ancestry journey, this is definitely some useful information so that they don't get frustrated or disheartened and knowing that it does take a very long time to complete. And just because you may not find someone doesn't mean that they don't exist and all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, shall we wrap it up? We shall. All right. So check out our ancestor articles on otherworldlyoracle.com. You can click on the spirits tab and then select ancestors. There are a ton there for you to read. We welcome you to join our Facebook group, the Otherworldly Oracle group, and visit Alora's website at alorarain.com. We want to thank all of our oracles for joining us, whether you're new or returning. Subscribe to or favorite our podcast to be notified of our future episodes. Help your magical sisters out and be sure to share our podcast and review us too. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.